Welcome to the first episode of the English speaking digital economics podcast. Um, I, uh, yeah, started with podcasts in German, uh, like a long time ago, but now I decided like there are so many interesting English speaking people. And today I have Salvatore here, uh, which I know from Italy, from digital nomad village in Tursi. Um, and, uh, Salvatore, tell me what you built where it was beautiful. <laughs> What is a digital nomad village? So, Luis, I'm not the best fit, not the best English speaker that you can start, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm very proud that you chose me as the first. Uh, I'm very happy to participate in this podcast and to talk about Tursi Digital Nomads. Uh, Tursi is a small village in southern Italy, and uh, the goal of the project is to make Tursi a nomad village. So uh, we are building a network of uh, foreign people, digital nomads, remote workers, and professionals. And we build communities, nomads retreats, at the moment only during summer. Uh, and our goal is to make a regeneration of the village because with the nomad, we aim to revaluate the old village Uh, we built a beautiful co-working space inside the former monastery that was almost abandoned. And uh, we are actively repopulating the, the village with the nomads um, because it's not like a, a standard tourism. People stay at least two weeks, three weeks, so they can live the you know, the, the Italian lifestyle, the village lifestyle, they can discover the tradition, the culture, interact with locals. So I I would say is a regeneration project at 360 degrees. It's incredible. I mean, I, mean, I have been there. <laughs> It was a lovely time. Can, can you describe, I, I mean, uh, like it's pretty clear for you and me what a digital nomad is or a remote worker, but... Um, Yeah, I, I mean, I'm a product owner. I can work from everywhere. What kind of people come to Tursi uh, in this time? Yes, a digital nomad is a person that uh, can work remotely. Uh, he might be a corporate employee or a freelancer. For example, me and you, we are corporate employee and we are allowed to work remotely for almost, you know, 100% of our time because we work Uh, in IT mainly, so like software development, uh, marketing coordination, product ownership, design, so everything that is related to web development. But um, usually um, a nomad uh, can be also, you know, other professionals. For example, there are, uh, in Tursi, there were psychologists that they have clients remotely, um, a lot of freelancers, so people that run their own, their own company, but almost always related to the previous topics. So I would say IT jobs. Yeah. And are there more people doing like a vacation um, or are there like really digital nomads who like travel the whole year? around and don't have like a place they call home something like this i would say both because uh there are some nomads that for example also there there was a couple in tursi 
they didn't have a you know a, a base a house but i would say that most of the nomads they have their own base and they just travel for some periods in the year mainly during winter period or in summer they go to to discover you know not crowded places so like a rural village in italy so i would say most european nomads they have their own base but they are allowed to travel and uh, there is a very nice word that describes this process is called workation it's the combination of work and vacation so these people mm, travel go to places where they can find a community they can discover new places enjoy and so it's like a vacation but they are still working while they do it and and how did the whole thing started i i, I mean like okay you were able to do vacations and everything and uh yeah but when were the point when, when you said like okay i want to bring these people together bring them to to your hometown to see is your hometown right? yeah it's my hometown yes even if i was living in rome and everything started after uh, covid because um, I left my house in Rome since I was working remotely 100% and I came back to my native village. Mm, after a while, I got a bit annoyed to work all the time at home, you know, always alone. And so I was like searching in the internet uh, for some projects abroad and I discovered this digital nomads community in Madeira. Uh, I was very interested in it and I thought, oh, why? Maybe it could be nice to do something like this in an old village in Italy. So to create my own community here. And um, I, I spoke with the administration and they were happy about the idea and they gave me for free this structure, the co-working that was a former monastery. And uh, yeah, in this way, I they are helping me because I'm a no profit, but I don't have the fixed cost of renting a structure. But I mean, like Tursi, uh, like, I guess most people don't know it. <laughs> oh, <like> yeah. <laughs> a, a beautiful city, beautiful. Like all these old buildings and everything, but I guess you had like trouble organizing internet in the beginning for all the places <laughs> yeah 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 this was a serious problem because uh, all the accommodation were without internet because they the, the owners they thought they didn't need the internet but actually if you want to be competitive in 2023 internet is the first thing and especially for nomads is the first thing so i made a partnership with a local provider Uh, in order to install internet in the houses and pay only the month where we need the signal. So for example, if we need the signal in uh, June, July and August, we pay these months and the rest of the year they don't pay. So all the owners were happy about this partnership and so we were able to provide all the houses with internet tell me more about like this housing part because I, i i think probably people know co-working spaces so like a space where like 
digital people can work together and it's like a shared office. But uh, you also provide these co-livings where you uh, like had to provide the internet, right? How, how does it work with the co-livings? Uh, does every digital nomad uh, like wants to live in a co-living or is it like that people, some people want to live by themselves? Yeah, the co-living is the most preferred option, I would say, because nomads want the company of other people, want to interact with other people and uh, uh, other, or more, very often these people are from another country. So it's a way, you know, to discover also other cultures. In Tursi, we don't have a proper co-living because a co-living is a big house with at least five rooms, I would say. But we have several uh, accommodation. And so uh, we put nomads in shared houses that are close to each other. So it's like it's um, open co-living. You know, we live close to each other. It's not the co-living you can find in Madeira on, uh, or elsewhere in uh, Europe, but it's a different concept. My dream would be to build a co-living in Tursi uh, because, again, I think it's the most preferred option and also the most interesting. But I mean, like, it's a really small village. So, <laughs> I, I mean, it was... I, I, I think maybe two or three minutes <laughs> uh, to, to, to visit other people. <laughs> so everything is really close by. And, and what, uh, what else do you have to organize? So you have to organize. So, so I guess some people who listen to that are also coming from beautiful places uh, and want I think about doing this. Um, like maybe you remember Dominic from Madeira. Uh, he also like right now thinks about like opening like some digital nomad place. Um, so, so you have to organize a co-working, um, you have to organize co-livings. Uh, what else is important? Experiences, I would say. Experiences that can be divided into two clusters. Local experiences, because with Tursi Digital Nomads Project, I want to you know, export the local tradition. I want people to understand our culture, our, our food, our history. And so mainly during the week, we organized these local experiences like dinner in the local cellar with the local food or visiting the local shops, uh, something related to the um, most important poem of Tursi, the history. This is one cluster. And the other is to discover the region, Basilicata region, that is it's beautiful, but it's not... Uh, known by foreign people. Even if we have the sea, we have the mountains, we have a lot of beautiful villages and um, the the cherry is Matera, you know, the most important city that it's, it's a UNESCO heritage. Uh, it was the capital of culture in 2019. So every weekend we organize these activities um, we organized a boat tour in Maratea, hiking in uh, Pollino mountains. We organized wine tasting. We went to Matera a couple of times and um, a lot of things. All, all Saturdays and Sunday, we organized you know, activities around the region. 
Yeah, and and the fun thing is, I I'm not sure if I if I know the word. Uh, let me look it up. Uh, school? Oh, no, it's school trip. Uh, pretty easy. Um, yeah, so, so so it kind of feels for me like a school trip, <laughs> like all these people in kind of the same age, like hanging around, like working uh, during the day, and in the evening you have some party and some Aperol Spritz. <laughs> This project is similar to an Erasmus. I don't know if you studied abroad, you did the Erasmus, but it's similar the bit because you are with a network of different people, you know, that you don't know, but you get in touch very easily and soon. And so you live the life together uh, with these people for uh, an amount of time. So it's an experience similar to the Erasmus for me. And I mean, I, I think it's really interesting that people have like kind of a similar lifestyle. So, so you you have people around you, you struggle with the same problems and have like, not, of course, not similar jobs, of course, like a developer and, and a social media manager probably have like different topics in their life, but both of them like understand like what are the advantages and maybe the risks of home office and uh, like people have like pretty similar uh, topics in their life. I, I, I think that's that's quite like a unique atmosphere which is created there. Yeah, yeah, true. really, really enjoy that. And for the next years, what, what is planned for Touristy Digital Nomad Village? Where, where do you see uh, your village in 10 years? This is a very um, interesting question because I have some plans in mind, but it's not like I didn't talk about it with a lot of people. So... So let's talk about it. <laughs> the goal, I look at 2025, no, is my goal. So in two years, I would like to make in Tursia a nomad fest, a world nomad fest. So the um, the amount the amount of nomads I have in mind, it's around 200. I want to build a proper fest, so with events every day. Maybe not for one month, but for 10 days. I want a big network of nomads here. In order to do it, I think that starting from next year, I should expand the accommodation portfolio also in the villages around in order to have a bigger capacity. So I don't know uh, in 10 years, but I can tell you that by 2025, my goal is to organize this Nomad Fest in Tursi and would be the first one in Italy. Have you been yourself uh, to another one, like to another Nomad Festival? Not yet, but uh, now they're organizing some fests in Madeira, in Bansko, also in Canaria, in Switzerland at the end of August. So I hope I can join one before Tursi festival also because it's important now in order to understand yeah, yeah. some processes yeah and festival means like music uh, people doing party mm, not only i think it's uh, an important part to have fun of course but for me mainly it's related to connection to networking to bring startups uh, to make an innovative environment and so maybe now that we are talking about it you can be a very good help for me because you know all these innovative environments and founders and uh, innovative startups. So what do you think about it? Do you think it's a nice idea? I, I, I really like the idea. I mean, I was 
kinda impressed when I arrived in Madeira. I mean, I, I would say they have like a really good infrastructure with all the workshops and all the like jam sessions and all that kind of stuff. So I really, really appreciated that. And I guess like if you're doing a festival, if you could do like exactly this, but with even more people, <laughs> that, that could be really fun. And I mean, I would say Tursi has the infrastructure for that with lots of, like, it's it's crazy. Like it's such a small village, but many, many bars and pizza place. <laughs> and, yeah, like, you can enjoy the, the slow life, not the the sweet life because uh, you can go out and chill and relax after work so it's a very nice place to to discover that has a lot of things to offer where do you do you see uh, yourself like in, in 20 years like do you want to live in Tursi your whole life in uh, 10 years or in 20 years yeah, like maybe long, just long term in general, like for for your life, because I, I think lots of people who come from the countryside and I would consider Tursi more like countryside. <laughs> people who come from the countryside go to big cities uh, like Rome or, or Berlin or whatever. They struggle like moving back to the small places they come from because they miss some kind of things like a co-working space, like places to go out, like like all this tech environment and and kind of things and i think you did a pretty clever thing like you have this beautiful village uh, and you brought like all the good stuff which is mostly in big villages <laughs> back to your hometown yeah i would say that uh i don't want to stop to make these projects also in the long term so maybe it would be not to see digital nomads it would be something else but I don't see myself living full time here because I like the bit of the of a bigger city. Uh, the bigger city offers you some services that here it's difficult. Also, it's important to know that small villages in winter they sleep, let's say, you know. And so you don't need to force it to change. It's just a process that is like this, and uh, it's okay. I would never, I will never abandon this place in terms of uh, coming here and uh, making projects. But for the entire year, I don't, I don't think I'm gonna live here. So I am a nomad. Maybe I can live some months uh, somewhere in Italy, some months elsewhere. But yeah. The important is to know that I have this base in Tursi and I always want to keep the roots with uh, Tursi. And I, I mean, you have a girlfriend in Greece, so <laughs> probably that could also be a topic <laughs> which makes it harder to not travel. Yeah, that, that's why, you know, if she, when she's gonna listen to the podcast, if I would have said that, yes, I want to live in Tursi, <laughs> maybe she would broke up tomorrow. So <laughs> yeah, okay, okay. it's risky for me. <laughs> <laughs> then, then good answers. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Um, and and in Thessaloniki there will be uh, like a digital nomad village uh, soon as well, right? So so uh, you kind of yeah. inspired her. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm happy to you know uh, have influences and to also in Italy, you know, there are a lot of new projects like Tursi that are burning because Tursi was one of the first one ever in Italy. So it's very. Um, 
nice to me, good to see that other realities are doing something similar. In Thessaloniki, I would help Maria, the organizer. I would say that it's not very similar because Thessaloniki is a big city, 500,000 inhabitants, and so would be something different. You know, uh, also there, there will be a connection with uh, a co-working space that is a startup accelerator. So this very important topic and the city offers a... Uh, a lifestyle that is different from Italy, the food, people, the Greek people are amazing. So I would say that it's going to be a beautiful experience as well. Uh, excited to be there <laughs> soon. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, 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 I don't know. It, it was something which is really new to me, like this whole like being allowed to work digital and from everywhere because before when I was at university they punished me to come to the lectures <laughs> and now I'm I'm free <laughs> so this is this is really good uh, and I, I'm really happy that that you're organizing these kind of things because I, I I think of course you could go like alone to a small village in Italy but then you would not never have a chance to meet so many people have like a co-working space have like these activities and yeah yeah really really yeah happy and proud of you <laughs> thank you thank you <laughs> you did, you're always kind all <laughs> and we we got some good food from your mom and uh <laughs> yeah was 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 really really lovely uh being there and uh do you also think like about renovating places and and like building like more airbnb stuff um or or what are the next like steps you have to do i as i told you before my dream would be to run my own co-living there are a lot of old buildings that are abandoned in the old village that you can buy also with a few money you know a few thousand euros but uh, then you need uh time to, you need to follow the construction work, so it's something busy. But I have in mind something like this. Let's see if one day I would manage to <laughs> make my dream true. But but then probably it should be like open all year round, and you you have to incentivize people coming exactly in winter as well. But but, exactly. but I wonder. You you said like it's easier in summer. Um, but I, I mean, it was so hot. Like I, I, I regularly uh, go running uh, at the moment, and, and everyone was so weirdly looking at me running through like forty-five degrees, <laughs> something. Great, you and, are a strong man. <laughs> and I, I think like in winter, uh, like people would love to leave Berlin because Berlin in summer is pretty nice. Like it's the perfect weather, but in winter we have like minus degrees, maybe 20 degrees, minus 10 degree minus, like uh, when it's bad. Um, so so uh, yeah, people are freezing and they would enjoy probably a place where it's a little warmer. So why do you think in winter it doesn't work? Mm, uh, you're right. Uh, these places, it's uh, a good place also for uh, not summer retreat. I would say fall or spring. Uh, I should definitely think to make other projects. There are mainly two problems. One is that, you know, since I have my job 
you know, I work for a company. It's very difficult for me to organize the retreat also in winter and the fall and spring because there is a lot of work also related to the development before the execution. And so I don't have a lot of time right now to organize more than one month community. Uh, the other problem, um, I would say only in the you know coldest month would be that uh, it's not easy to enjoy the region like you can do in summer because you cannot go to the beaches, you cannot plan a lot of activities outside because even if it's not cold as Berlin, also here it's very humid and you can feel the cold. So I would definitely like to organize something in October, in November or April, May. Uh, and then maybe in 10 years, we will do something also in winter. So for the whole year. And you're doing this thing by side, like like, like uh, beneath your company. I, uh, yeah, weird that I, that I didn't uh, mention that. I, I, I think that's really interesting as well, like that you're able to manage both things properly. Um, is is your company like giving you a month of holiday or do you work like normally um in in summertime then I, uh, let's say that i work r normally i make my you know second job that is to see digital nomads out of uh, job time i also have some people that help me for example this summer there was luciana that helped with the development and execution of the project so it's impossible to run this project alone the point is that i want your opinion about it uh, companies in italy for example the big corporates they are running the politics to bring back people to the offices and so i don't know if in two three years I would be 100% working remotely or not. But my goal is to, you know, work 100% remotely because it's uh, it's a way also to to don't lose time to move to the office, to your home. You have more energies and so you can focus also on other activities. For example, you you run this beautiful project of the podcast, you're interviewing the most important and influencing people of Germany. But if you should have gone to the office, one hour of traffic, and maybe, you know, you leave the office late, then you come back home, you're hungry, you have to do all the things. It's impossible at the end to run two different jobs in your life so it's about the flexibility the remote jobs the remote work gives you the flexibility to think to yourself to make sport to you know have the possibility to run your projects even if you have your job your main job and you do it uh, in a professional way i mean putting all your efforts and your skills And uh, at the moment, I don't know. I have um, bad sensations about the big corporates because I think they they want to bring people back in the offices. How, 
What do you think about it? <laughs> yeah, so so my company is doing the same. Um, so we have like this back to the office force, um, which uh, like uh, makes like new rules and tries to incentivize on the one side, like people coming uh, to the main offices, like in Copenhagen, Munich and Lisbon. I mean, these are beautiful places, so there are lots of reasons to live there. But uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I prefer living in Berlin <laughs> and... Um, yeah, for the people who live in Munich, uh, they also make the rules or, or which lo live close to an office, they make the rule that they have to come to the office like twice a week, I think. Um, and that's the point. Like, I, I think I'm a person who would always go to the office, um, if it's close by, if it's working well. So, like, at my old employer, um, Europace. It was that way. Like, like I, I was allowed to go to the office whenever I want to, but I never had to. So there was no rule, and that was perfect. Like, I was always at the office when I was in Berlin, but I was also traveling, was visiting my family, and I really enjoyed that. But I don't have to ask for visiting my family. And also right now, I really enjoy that living in Berlin because I don't have a rule to go to the office. But still, I, I enjoy going to WeWork, uh, like to a co-working space close by. So I, I like and so I enjoy like leaving the house. And I, I think it's good, like motivating the people leaving the house. I, I mean, you're also sitting in, in the co-working space. Yeah. Uh, as I see, like, like I, I, I mean, this classical home office thing, I think can be a problem like if you're always seeing the same walls never leaving the apartment but i 100 agree you you don't want like to be pushed to go to the office and don't want this official rule like so so for, i can just talk for myself but i i prefer like living in berlin not having to go to the office and what's what's your plan with that like Probably uh, you try to convince your employer <laughs> to keep everything as it is. <laughs> or maybe build an own company. I, I mean, you said there are lots of freelancers. I have some ideas because uh, me too, I wouldn't have problems to go to the office sometimes. But, you know, to come back to the pre-COVID condition, so four days per week, for example, I didn't accept. And so there are maybe two routes to follow. The first one is to find, start starting finding, scouting this company that are also not Italian that offer full remote uh, jobs or to open my own company. But actually, <laughs> I need a good idea, you know, for, uh, to be sustainable and to live about it. So... But, but couldn't you make a living from a co-living space? Or, I don't know. Yeah, I think that also, you know, I could scale the project because maybe I could run co-living projects in 10 different places, talk with local administration of other villages in order to export the Tusi model uh, elsewhere. Uh, maybe, yeah. One day I will think about it. A touristy franchise. <laughs> <laughs> Exploring the world. Um, Salva, thank you so much for being the 
first guest. Uh, I, I I know it's uh, a big thing, <laughs> and and uh, thanks for the trust uh, that you uh, like believe in the podcast, also the English edition. I I know uh, you have an Italian accent. I have a strong German accent, so hope people could understand me as well. <laughs> um, but yeah, your English was perfect. Thank you so much for taking the time today. Thank you, Luis, to giving me this opportunity. I told you I always uh, express my interest and compliments for what you're doing because I love innovation and I believe in innovation. So I'm very happy to have the possibility to participate in your podcast and to be the first one in, uh, in English. Um, I, you are always kind and uh, I hope to meet you soon in some nomads uh, communities or in Germany, in Italy, everywhere. <laughs> yeah, probably let's, let's uh, meet in Thessaloniki. Perfect. In a few okay. Okay. <laughs> Have a beautiful day and thank you so much. See you next I time. I wish you a beautiful night. Talk soon and thank you again. <laughs>